Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Zohar in 15. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. And whether you join me live or archive, thank you so much for spending your 15 minutes with me on this program. And thank you so much for the support of the program as well. Well, today is March 31st, 2013, which is the day known as Easter Sunday for many Christians and Catholics. It is a time of, of deep celebration and reflection as to the accomplishments of Jesus on the cross for other families, it's an opportunity to gather together and celebrate Easter by hiding plastic Easter eggs and uh, candies and goodies all through the house for kids. But our subject today is about what time is it and understanding the mystery of time. We're going to be in the Zohar, volume number six, a portion by Ashiv, and reading some of the narrative texts of the rabbis as we're talking. We all know, we all know that we need to make the most of our time. We need to make the most of our time. You know, it's interesting how many things I've heard people say about time. Just fascinating. For example, uh, a friend of mine at my work always talks about how much that she gets done when uh, she's getting ready to go on vacation. And those last couple days before vacation comes up, and she always wonders what would happen if every moment of her day was spent in that same kind of frame of mind, same kind of working. You think of being to places at a certain time, like our show today airs at 7 o'clock, Mountain Standard time. We need to make the most out of our time. But we also need to understand that just like you wear a watch that tells you what time it is, there's also a spiritual definition of what time is all about. And the spiritual definition, kind of a working definition that I use for time, is the distance between cause and effect or the distance between birth and death. There are the little sayings that says, oh, you know, as you uh, you look at a tombstone and you see that somebody was born in 1920 and they died in 2003. The dash in between represents their life. It's interesting. But there's a difference between time and timing and a timetable. There's a difference between time, timing, and a timetable. It's fascinating how <coughs> – excuse me. It's fascinating how that when you think of the concept of time – uh, if you go, if you're at work and you go on your lunch hour, that seems like the fastest 60 minutes of your day. And then you come back to work, and it's two o'clock in the afternoon. You're going to get off at six, and those four hours seem like they last 12 hours. Or when you go to see a concert and your favorite star is performing on stage, and he really throws all goes all out, and he does a two-hour or three-hour long concert, it seems like that happened in five minutes. But if you're sitting in somebody's office or the principal's office or your boss's office and you're sitting there for two hours going through a 
a painful time of meeting, how many of you would agree that time seems like it's longer? So time, in the human concept, time is very relevant. It depends on what we're doing. Uh, when Jan and I get a date night out and we have some time, it's always fascinating that we'll go and we'll go to dinner and have you know have a meal and we set up maybe three hours or so. It's amazing how how that dinner goes by and then suddenly we're like, well, what do you want to do now? And we go do something crazy like this is not a sponsored commercial. We'll go to Walmart, walk around just because we don't have the kids with us. We'll go do something else. And we're trying to find ways to spend that time. Or how about when you get to your airport destination and you have a layover and you wind up being there for three or four hours. It's amazing how we take time. Now, in God's economy, time is very different. In God's economy, all time is already planned and all time is already spent. So as his creation, we make connection with God through time. And it's time that stands between the concepts of cause and effect something that you do and what will come out of it later. It's time that stands between deed and dividend, something that you do a positive and the payout for it. It's time is what stands between behavior and, and repercussion of those behaviors. And time is also what stands between crime and consequence. It's interesting the word consequence, if you look at it a little bit deeper, has the word sequence in it, kind of a natural order of events. Now, why does God provide us with time? I want you to really think about this. Because he... One of the age-old questions in Christianity has always been, <clears throat> you know, you're down here on earth, and you're going through all your stuff, and you recognize Jesus as Savior, and you become saved. Why doesn't he just take you then? You know, just, I mean, aside from the fact that that would be a really scary thing to see in a brochure at a church somewhere is, uh, you know, be saved, be transported. I think that would scare people, you know, even more than we scare them now. But why doesn't God do Why does God give us time? What really is the purpose of of my existence down here. Now, there's some things we know as a base element about it. We know, for example, uh, we know that uh, time has been given to us to find Creator, to develop a relationship with God, to, to become saved, if you please, to transform our lives. We know that's one of the missions, is the transformation of our soul. And we know that the second mission that we have is to join forces with God as our soul is transforming and as we're living in community with other people who are transforming their souls to create an ultimate transformation or correction of the world. And we know that. But I want you to really think about something here. I want you to think about a really deep concept. Time, to me, to me, time is the currency of God's mercy. Time is the currency of God's mercy. I'm going to take a brief commercial break. I'll be right back to explain that concept. Looking for something different at your next retreat, Bible study, or weekend seminar? Restoring Grace could be the answer for you. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace, and we gladly support, encourage, and minister in many churches across the country. You can reach me at dave at restoringgrace.com. Again, that's dave at restoringgrace.com. Or you can call 719-233-6265. 719-233-6265 for your next upcoming event. God's mercy is what we see as time. I want you to think about the concept of, of how merciful God is. You and I both know there are elements of our lives that aren't very godlike. I know there's a lot of them in my life that are not very godlike. But let me ask you this question. 
What would happen if those non-godlike elements were punished violently and viciously immediately? What if the righteous were punished by the hand of God instantly upon their sins? And what if the wicked or non-righteous, if you please, were just simply taken from the earth? You see, time is God's mercy. Time can allow us, time can allow us to realize our sin. It can give us a time, can allow us the opportunity to correct. We're going to talk about a very difficult concept about this in just a couple of minutes, so hang in there. It can also give us the ability to recognize the rewards of spiritual growth and positive, unselfish behavior. But the other hand, this time can also mistakenly, we can mistakenly believe that good, good goes unrewarded and that wicked or evil goes unpunished. The delay of time, the extension of God's mercy, is the window of opportunity for us to correct our past sin or errors. I want you to think about this concept. I want you to think about this. That we can actually correct past sins in our lives by living in the right way. That's what repentance is. Think about the whole concept of repentance. Say, oh, I know what repentance means. It means a 180 degree turnaround. Sure it does. For what purpose? Just to see if you'll turn around? Or maybe it was a fact that three years of your life you were living in this, whatever the sin may be, whatever this ego-destructive behavior was, and now you have teshuva, you've repented, you've turned around, now you've lived four or five years away from that with the absence of that in your life. What you've done there is you've gone back in time and you've corrected that and you've moved forward. One of the traps that we have to be very careful about in our Christian faith particularly is when we talk about Jesus. I mean, here we are on Easter weekend. We talk about Jesus dying on the cross and forgiving all sins. That does not mean the forgiveness of sins from God does not mean the erasing of the consequences. I'll say that again. The forgiveness of the sins by God and the accomplishment of Jesus on the cross did not erase the consequence of sin. It simply granted atonement or forgiveness for those sins. I want to tell you a story that I know you're very pop that you're that you're probably very familiar with. It has to do with Joseph in the Old Testament and his brothers. Joseph and his brothers. Many people live their lives. Many view their life as kind of like a one-act play. Like it's got all the dimensions of their entire existence are just this one act, just this one play. And yet, when you really look at our lives, it's uh, several acts, uh, several parts of it. There's times where we're young, there's times where we're old, there's times where we're uh, single, there could be times where we're married, there's times when we have no kids, there are times when we do have kids, there's times where we're growing old, there's times where we're getting old. Believe me, I know about this one. But understanding, but clearly understanding of time is to see it as mercy. But when we understand time as 60 seconds clicking on a clock, it limits our grasp of future impact. We begin to see, I hear people say this all the time, time marches on, time marches on, no matter what, time marches on. And we begin to lose the fact that while time in our realm marches on, time in the kingdom, time in God's economy has already been planned and already been spent. He's not bound by time or space. And why don't you think about Joseph and his brothers? So Joseph is not well liked by his brothers. There's a bunch of problems there. You guys kind of know the story. The brothers are going to kill him. And then they say, well, we don't want to really murder him. So they're going to throw him in a hole and let him die on his own. And they're like, yeah, we don't want to do that. And they sell him off into slavery. And you know the story. He goes through here, this jail, that jail, this jail winds up. 
second in command of Egypt. And in Genesis chapter 48 through 50, we now see the brothers who have done this coming to Egypt, because at this time Egypt is a superpower who is buying massive quantities of land for food. And they wind up meeting Joseph, and Joseph reveals himself, and sometimes, and sometime later we'll do, we'll do the Zohar portion on why did Joseph strip himself completely down in front of his brothers? What was the purpose of that? But Joseph does not exact revenge out on them. He's been thinking about this. Joseph knew that the people that heard him were actually messengers from God. He is now beginning to put the pieces together. But did he see that at the time? At the time they threw him in the pit, did he see that? At the time they pulled him out of the pit and sold him into slavery, did they see that? In Potiphar's wife, in more jail, did they see that? In the jail with Pharaoh, did they see that? Did they see, did Joseph see at the time? Or did he have certainty and belief that something great was coming? God uses a lot of different agencies in our life to deliver us messages, to shake us out of our time-boundness here, to see the spiritual timetable of our life. And spiritual growth and correction are found in these messages. But in the Zohar, in verse number 108, chapter 11, Come and behold, although Joseph's brothers did not act as his brothers when he fell into their hands, talking about the selling him into slavery, he was a brother to them when, he, when they fell into his hands. This is understood by the verse, and he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Bereshit 50.20, or Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. He spoke kindly in every way until they believed him. They thought he was gone. They thought he was dead. They thought this man standing in front of him could not possibly be their brother they'd sold into slavery. Why did they not believe that? Because on in the earthly realm, a lot of time had passed. Time moved on. Time fooled them into thinking that enough time to pass, Joseph had to be dead. When they went back and told Joseph's father, when they told Jacob, the scriptures use a very interesting word. It says that his spirit revived. Now, Jacob was convinced by the story he was given that, the, that his son had been slaughtered by a wild animal. They brought back his coat covered in the blood. He believed this. But now his spirit revived. What can happen is we can get so fooled by time, so fooled by time, that we actually dive into the belief of it, remove our certainty, remove our hope, and we dive into the certainty and live in another spiritual dimension, believing that it's never going to get better, good is never going to get rewarded, wickedness is never going to get punished, and time fools us, not realizing that we need to have certainty in God who operates it. God is not limited by time, but our interactions, our belief systems, our practices are. My name is David Fournier, one of the senior instructor here at Restoring Grace. Thank you so much for joining me here live or archive. Today, take your time. It's the currency of mercy that God has given us to give us the opportunity to correct. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.